Blog Talk Radio. Turn on the light. Save the world from darkness, yeah. Turn on the light. Won't you please, my friend, yeah. Welcome to the Turn on the Light broadcast with Bishop Lex, Simmons, and Ann Butterfield. We are the Ascension Pastors at Light of the World Christian Tabernacle International Church in Southbridge, Georgia. Our co-founder is Archbishop Bishop Lex Smith, and our senior pastor is Oshabar Hartman. And his lovely wife, Lady E. We are so glad that you have tuned in. We are going to show you a God that will bring you life. So call your neighbors and call your friends. Call Lottie Dottie and everybody. Tell them that the Turn on the Light broadcast is on the air. Tell them to dial 917 388 4161. And while you're getting your neighbors and your friends, here's a song just for you.
Hallelujah. Greetings in the mighty name of Jesus. We greet you. We thank you for tuning in tonight. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Turn in the Light broadcast. We are so glad that you have tuned in tonight. We are, you are in for a treat. We are in for a treat. Amen. We thank God for another day that he spared us. Amen. The third Saturday in August. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. This year is just flying by. We thank God. Amen. For his mercy and grace. We had an exciting day today. Started out, amen, with uh, counseling a, 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 a couple who's getting married, amen, and had a good time in that and went and, and set up for an event at the center, birthday party at the center, and then had a game and uh, took the kids out and got something to eat and came back and break down and set up again. And so we get tonight, amen, by the grace of God, we are still here, and God has protected us all day long. We give him praise, we give him honor, we give him glory, and we bless his name. We are assistant pastors, Latin World Christian Tabernacle, International in Stockbridge, Georgia. We are co-founders, Oxford, W. Smith. Our senior pastor is Pastor Oshibar Hartman and Lady E. And we are located at 583 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge. And we are the co-founders of Victories Worldwide, uh, which is the worldwide ministry. We deal with uh, <clears throat> training, counseling, and mentorship. And we are uh, at if you want to uh, uh, follow us, you can go to uh, Facebook for uh, boys to g men, boys with a Z to g men dot org, and girls to ladies. So our website is boys to boys to g men dot org. Go ahead and, and follow us. You can donate also, and uh, we're grateful for what the Lord is doing. We also are counseling. And now uh, Bishop uh, Archbishop has consecrated as bishops, amen, and we are over uh, four territories. So we thank God for what he's doing with us and through us, and we already made two solid connections in those areas and working with them. And we're thanking God for allowing us this opportunity to do kingdom business. And so we thank God for you, you, and especially you. We pray tonight that you hear a word. Amen. That will give you hope and let you know that there is still hope beyond the reasons to doubt. And we love God for this man of God who's been with us uh, many, many, many years. Amen. And he is a solid man of God. He's a pastor. Amen. And we thank God for him and his beautiful wife. Amen. They came down and shared with us and uh, honored us doing our consecration also. So without further ado, we're going to bring the man of God, Pastor Fear, to your front. Pastor Fair, you are now live on the air. Hey, good evening. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? How are you today? I'm doing that? good. I, I keep I keep thinking uh, Bishop Squared as uh, your newly consecrated bishop, uh, Butterfield Squared. <laughs> and uh, the way my mind worked as we were driving home from uh, Stockbridge, uh, which, by the way, we had a wonderful time, but I was thinking oh, about I'm... old westerns and uh western brands so i when i got home i started sketching out brands for the butterfields the bishop butterfields and what i came up with was b2b two two bishop butterfields <laughs> so it would be a b a, a roman numeral q and a b was the the brand that i would uh, assign to you <laughs> okay okay we got it <laughs> 
Thank you. So, uh, tonight we're going to be looking at the history, the seven seas, uh, uh, history of the seven seas, not the oceans, but the letter C as in A, B, C, seven seas. And uh, it's a very interesting message, uh, I, do, I think, and I believe that it is uh, ordained of God. What, where I got this idea and this concept, my wife and I went to the Creation Museum and the Ark, the big Ark here that's nearby us. And uh, at the beginning of the, the museum, it had a plaque that talked about the seven seas. And I was so mesmerized by that plaque going through the museum. I didn't read anything about the seven seas that was there. I just knew that I was going to look it up on my own and see what I could find out about the seven seas. And that's what I've done. Uh, through Logos, I come up with this study. Uh, I hope you gather and glean something out of it. And I hope that uh, it's something that uh, you will carry with you. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your blessings that you give to us each and every day. We thank you that you are our comforter no matter what we face. Lord God, you are there to catch us when we fall, to help elevate us back up to where we are supposed to be. Father, let the people tonight hear, not me, but hear your words, Father, that their lives can be forever changed through the power of your word. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we get into the seas, the seven seas, the first one, of course, is creation. That's our first letter C. Uh, We all know the story in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. And the first C, as we walk through this history and all things, is the book of Genesis, which means beginnings. God tells us he created everything in six days, and just a brief summary of those day one god said let there be light and there was day two god made an expanse something stretched out like space and separated the waters above the expanse from the waters below day three god caused the waters under the expanse to come together so that dry ground appeared then he told the land to bring forth plant and trees you see dna is the molecule of heredity Part of a staggeringly complex system, more information dense than that is the most super, even the most super efficient computer. uh, It arises from previously existing information and genes uh, contain massive amounts of information. Day four in our creation, God made the sun, the moon, and the stars. They were to serve as signs to mark seasons to mark days, to mark years. The sun and the moon were made to rule at night, and which began on a cycle on day one. Day five, God created the animals that live in the water and those that fly in the air. God created, on day six, God created the land animals, including dinosaurs, and his most special creation, humanity, Adam and Eve were the first people, the great, great, great grandparents of us all. For food, God gave them and the animals plants to eat. When God had finished creating, he labeled all that he has done as very good. Imagine, <laughs> imagine a place with no death, no violence, no disease, no sickness, no thorns, no fear. 
Day seven, God rested from or stopped his work of creation. Now God keeps unfolding his creation. Uh, You can see in Colossians 1 verse 17, and he is before all things and by all things consist. So that is our first C, letter C. The second C that we look at is corruption. But you shall not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for in the, in, that, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. We've seen that in the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and everything was very good in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. The next C in creation, is in the study that we're doing here, is corruption, and it's found in Genesis chapter 3. Three, uh, why does God allow death and suffering? What about those who, who we love, that we love, who get sick and die? God warned Adam that if he ate of the forbidden fruit, he would die. Romans 5.12, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, and that they have all sinned. You see, that tells us that Adam's sin and our sin through Adam causes all of us to die. So corruption is our second C. A terrible thing as things get, however, that are not permanent parts of creation. We look forward to the last C of history, uh, consummation, but we'll get to that, when the curse will be no more and the last enemy, death, will be overcome. Mm -hmm. From perfection, for, for a while, things were perfect in the Garden of Eden. And as we show in a wonderfully designed area that's in the museum that you can see, Adam and Eve, they lived in a beautiful garden, planted especially for them by God. They could eat of any tree except one. The first couple had perfect relationship with their creator. Can you imagine what it would be like to have a perfect relationship with God, the creator of heavens and earth, a perfect marriage, a perfect place to live. The animals which Adam ruled over got along perfectly, but something obviously corrupted this very good world, turning it into the world we see today, which is full of sickness and death. So from perfection to imperfection, Adam and Eve both knew that they could eat from any tree in the Garden of Eden except the one known as the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God had forbidden them to eat of it, telling them that if they ate of it on that day, dying, you shall die. The literal Hebrew used. The devil, real being, had taken the form of a servant. He knew what God had said. But caused Eve to question God's word by asking, did God say you weren't eat to eat of any tree of the garden? Mm-hmm. We see that today. God asks us a question, and or someone that we know or we're acquainted with, God asks the question, and we answer it ourselves through listening to the devil lie to us. The devil told Eve, you won't really die. Eve believed the serpent rather than God and ate the forbidden fruit. Then she gave some to Adam, who hadn't been deceived by the serpent, but ate it 
willingly. Uh, look at First Timothy, or Second First Timothy, chapter two, verse fourteen. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. See, this caused them both to immediately die spiritually, to be separated from God, and to begin to die physically on that very, because of his disobedience, his sin, all of his descendants, you and I, are born with sin in our nature. Because of Adam's sin, our bodies will die. Because of Adam's sin, God cursed his precious creation. The world we see today, while reflecting God's original creation, has been corrupted by sin. The one who was to come. You see, the good news is that this, the sad tale is that God did not abandon his creation after Adam's sin. I'm so thankful that he did not do that. He did not abandon his creation. Where would we be if you stop and you think about that? Because of Adam's sin, our bodies will die, but because of Adam's sin, God cursed his precious creation. The world as we see it today, while reflecting God's original creation, has been corrupted by sin. So you see, we've got creation as the first C. We've got corruption as the second C. The third C is catastrophe. And every living thing which is on the face of the earth was destroyed from man to cattle and to the creeping things and the fowls of the heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth. Only was left was Noah and his family and those that were in the ark with him. Uh, Genesis chapter 7, verse 23. And every living thing was destroyed which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things and the fowl of the heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth, and Noah only remained alive, that they were with him in the ark. You see, God created a perfect world in six normal length days, we see in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. But Adam disobeyed God's command to not eat the forbidden fruit and brought corruption and death into the world, as we saw in Romans 5.12. Uh, Genesis in Genesis chapter 6 through 9 these are the generations of Noah and it, it shows the generations of Noah Noah was a just man and a perfect in his generations and Noah was somebody that walked with God as mm-hmm. time went by people began to invent new machines explore new places try new ideas because their hearts were wicked Though they did things that displeased their creator, they didn't listen to their ancestor, Adam, when he would have told them what happened in the Garden of Eden and how they needed to obey and worship only the Lord. Woo! You see, I, I pause right there, and praise and worship is a very important and vital part of, of what we do. And Adam had realized it now. Praise is easy, but worship is not. When you truly worship God, when you feel the power and the presence of God falling down upon you, it's like the little song, a little three-line song. It says, open up the floodgates of heaven, let it rain, let it rain. When that rain comes down, you can feel that more powerful than anything on the face of this earth. Adam, I believe, at that time was feeling that. 
Yeah, and you know, because of the the sin that happened, because they they needed to obey, I believe that it grieved God so much, and He determined to destroy everything with breath of life in it. Only one righteous man, Noah, found favor in His eyes. God told Noah that He would spend a send a great flood to judge the entire globe by covering it with water. Everything, everything, everything on the face of the earth was destroyed. Even now, water covers 70% of the earth's surface. Yet many deny the earth was completed, completely covered in water at one time. Even though the very beginning of Genesis, and he was over the deep. It tells us that God was over the deep. <clears throat> Did you also know no liquid water to, to, has to this point been found on Mars? <laughs> Yet many believers believe water shaped the surface of the red planet in the past. Mm. Why people deny a huge flood on Earth and promote one on Mars? It's beyond me. They can't believe that the Earth was flooded at one time, completely flooded. But they believe that water exists on Mars. Second <laughs> mm. Peter chapter three verses five through six. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Verse six. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store. Reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly. You see, it reminds us, Romans or Second Peter three, five and six reminds us, for this is the hidden is, is hidden from them by their willing it. And that it would that in a world that was then being flooded by water, perished. People learn that the present earth's topography is leveled. When there is currently enough water to cover the earth to a depth of 1.7 miles. You think about that. That's a lot of water. If you were to be able to see a marker up 1.7 miles and think that there's enough water on the face of the earth to cover the entire earth that deep right now, it kind of mm -hmm. makes you think. At the end of the flood, mountains were raised, explaining why there were marine fossils on the top of Mount Everest, and ocean basins lowered, allowing water to run off from the present oceans. After all were on board of the, the ark, the foundations of the great deep, it broke up the windows of heaven, opened. These provided the water that would cover every spot on the whole earth. So mm -hmm. this is the catastrophe. This is our third sea. This is what we're looking at there, the fourth sea. The fourth sea is confusion. Come let us go down there and confuse their language so that they cannot understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from the place of the, upon the face of the earth, all the earth, and they quit building the city. Genesis chapter 11, verses 7 through 8. That's what I just read to you. Go Two, let us go down and there confound their language. So confusion, that they may not understand one another's speech. Verse 8, so the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of the earth, and they left all to build the city. You see, mm -hmm. <clears throat> the confusion comes in. 
it totally disrupts everything. Not like the uh, corruption hasn't. It's not like the uh, the flood didn't. But it mm-hmm. the disobedient descendants of Noah decided to stay in one place, building a tall tower that they hoped would help keep them all together. <laughs> when the Lord saw their disobedience, he was what? He was displeased, as he is with all, all disobedience. He confused the language of the people so they couldn't understand each other. Until this time, they all spoke the same language. So can you imagine you're sitting there talking to somebody, and all of a sudden you see their mouth moving, but you can't understand the word they're saying? That's what what Mm -hmm. came upon them. In this way, the creator scattered them all over the earth. The several different languages created at Babel is shown in Genesis chapter 10 and 11, and could each subsequently give rise to many more. Language gradually changes, so when a group of people breaks into several groups that can no longer interact, (laughs) after a few centuries, they may each speak Mm -hmm. a different language, but related. But today we have thousands of languages, but fewer than Mm -hmm. 20 language families. Stop Mm -hmm. and think about that. Thousands Mm -hmm. of languages, but fewer than 20 language families. So there's not too many people that's going to say that they can understand those thousands of languages. There's not too many people that's going to understand more than two or three of the 20 language families. So when God confused their language, he did it worldwide. It's still going on. But see, we've we've got to wait a minute now. If Adam and Eve were the first humans, which they were, and if all humans died except Noah and his wife and their three sons and daughters-in-law during the global flood, and if all were descended from the same two people, then why do we look so different from each other? Hmm. Actually, this sea that we're looking at now, confusion, has a lot to do with answering that question. The, mm. it, it provides a highly visual exhibit to us that illustrates this, the important point. It answers a basic question such as, Where's Cain, where Cain's wife came from? Hmm. The, the hint there is originally close relatives could marry, so from incest. Because of human gene pool became more corrupt over time due to uh, mutations and copying mistakes, all of a result of sin and the curse. Hmm. Hmm. The fifth C that we have, the fifth C is now Christ. And four, four was, uh, four was uh, confusion, yes. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save, his, save him from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 and 23 is what I just read for you. God did not, however, leave his precious but corrupted creation without hope. I'm so thankful for that. I am so thankful 
God didn't give up on us when we should have given up on ourselves. God's perfect creation was created, uh, corrupted by Adam when he disobeyed God. This disobedience brought sin and death into the world. Because of Adam's disobedience and because of all we have sinned personally, we are all deserving of the death penalty and in need of a Savior. Again, Romans mm-hmm. five twelve. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all that have sinned. God did not, however, leave his precious but corrupted creation without hope. He promised to tend someone, to send someone, who would take away the penalty for sin, which is death. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 4. Behold, all souls are mine, as the soul of the Father. So also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God slew animals in the Garden of Eden, a lamb, a sheep, because of the sin of Adam. Subsequently, Adam's descendants, they sacrificed animals. Such sacrifices could only cover sin that they looked forward to the time with the ultimate sacrifice would be made by the one whom God would send in chapter Hebrews verse 9. When God gave Moses the law, God gave Moses the law, people began to see that they could never measure up to God's standard of perfection. How many times have you heard somebody say today, I don't go to church because I don't measure up. I can't, I can't make the cut. I can't make the grade. Those, those people need to know that God loves them no matter what. God shows his grace and his mercy and his love to us. Even though we are a fallen world, he knew we were going to be sinners in need of a Savior. That's why he sent his son Jesus. Romans chapter 3 verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is knowledge of sin. If they, if they, what God is saying there, if they broke any part of the law, any part of the law, the result was the same as breaking the whole lot. James chapter 2, verse 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet not offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Mm. You, that takes me back to Psalms chapter 119, verse 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. We see people in churches today that say, well, you know, that just uh, Sister, Sister uh, Cookie Dough, she just offended me with what she said. No. If they go back to Psalms 119, verse 165, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. We need to take a hold of that. We need to, as we're looking at this fifth C, Christ, he gives us a reason to look at things like this, to understand why he's telling us these things. He does not want us to be offensive to anyone. In fact, it's so much better for us to be a stepping stone than a stumbling block to people around us. God wants us to continue to be those kind of stepping stones. 
That's why we have Christ. That's why that fifth C is so important to us. Romans chapter mm-hmm. 5, verse 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. First Peter chapter 3, verse 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just mm-hmm. for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened mm-hmm. by the Spirit. Oh, mm-hmm. that he might be brought to life by the Spirit. Mm. Mm-hmm. God's gift to us. Oh, just as God has a purpose and a plan for everything and everyone, so he sent his promised Savior just at the right time. I'm sure that you've come across somebody you that has said they're wanting to throw in the towel, they're wanting to give up, but you've got to stand before them and boldly, boldly tell them, God's not through with you yet. Yeah. Hang on. Okay. There's not there's not a reason mm-hmm. that God is going to give up on you, so you shouldn't give up on yourself. Galatians mm-hmm. chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. You know, there was a problem, however. All humans are descended from Adam. Hello, somebody. And therefore, all humans are born with sin. God's chosen one had to be perfect as well as infinite to take away the infinite penalty for sin. God solved this problem by sending his son, Jesus Christ, completely human and completely God. You stop and you think about that. The creator of the universe. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. All things were made by him, and without him was nothing, was anything made. Not anything Mm -hmm. that was made. Verse 14. And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. And he beheld his glory, the glory of us, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, the creator of the universe, he became part of his creation so that he might save his people from their sins. Woo! Jesus was born of a virgin over 2,000 years ago in a town near Jerusalem called Bethlehem. As the prophet Isaiah says, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Micah chapter 5, verse 2, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, Yet out of thee shall come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. Mm-hmm. Mm. You see, it was told 700 years previously that his parents took to Egypt to escape the anger of King Herod, and the family later mm-hmm. settled in Nazareth. Jesus fulfilled more than 50 prophecies about his century before showing he was the one promised over 4,000 years ago by his father. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, and I will put enmity between thee and her seed. He spent over 30 years on earth 
He never once sinned. He did nothing wrong. He healed many people. He fed huge crowds and taught thousands of listeners about their creator, God, and how to be reconciled to him. Even He even used the book of Genesis to explain that marriage is between, hello, one man and one woman. Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 through 6. The Pharisees also came up to him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for cause? Verse 4. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that which was made of the beginning, made them male and female? Verse 5. And he said, For this cause shall a man leave his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife. And the twain shall become one flesh. Verse 6. Wherefore there are no more twain but one flesh. Wherefore what God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Genesis chapter 1 verses 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Verse 224. Genesis chapter 2, 24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. You see, Jesus Christ came to earth so that we might have eternal life with him. You know, people say, life is short. Yeah, it is short, but eternity is even longer. Are we preparing ourselves to live that eternal life? Are we preparing ourselves to seek the one who created us with all of our hearts to worship him like we've never worshiped him before. The sixth C, number six C, is the cross. Oh, Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you. We're, t- we're told right there that we're left to let the mind of Christ be in us, the same as it was in Jesus. We have to start thinking like Jesus would have us to think. We have to start thinking the way God would have us to th- start thinking. In the, verse 6, who being in the form of God, though it not ro- thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. He being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death of the cross. You see, Jesus, the, the key thing there that I come across is he humbled himself. Too many times in today's society, we let pride get in our way. One of the very things that God says he hates is the lust of the flesh, Mm -hmm. the the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Too many times we we don't take humility on as we should because we want it to be all about me. Uh, Joyce Mm -hmm. Meyer's uh, message, what about me or what about me robot? That's not what a humble servant does. If we want to fall into a place where we can truly, truly worship God, Mm 
We have to be very humble to do so. We can't be demanding. You see, to worship God is just thanking him for who he is, not asking for a thing, but worshiping him just for who he is. Oh, you know, the Creation Museum, as we walked through there, you saw that they would have things side by side, creation and science, creation and science, creation and science. And science can't prove anything that Jesus rose from the dead. It can't prove that God created everything in six days. Uh, they, they use the Big Bang Theory. Well, that's why it's a theory. They have no proof. They use the theory of evolution because there's no proof. That's why it is a theory. But in the beginning, if we go back to our first C, creation, we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that in the beginning, God created. Hmm. It's limited in dealings with the past. Science is so limited, although science is going by leaps and bounds. Historical events are known to be true because of reliable eyewitness accounts. Science does not have any eyewitness accounts to prove the theory, I'm doing air quotes, of evolution, the theory of the Big Bang. There is nothing substantial to prove what they're wanting to, you to believe. Similarly, they are reliable eyewitness accounts that Jesus, his tomb was empty after three days, and that uh, he later appeared to as many as 500 people at once. That's substantial right there. That's something that science cannot prove. It's proven that Jesus' tomb was empty. He is no longer there. Muhammad, you go look at his grave, he's there. Allah, you go look at his grave, he's there. Hare Krishna, you look at his grave, he's there. Jesus is the only one where his tomb was empty after three days. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6. After that, he was seen of above 500 at once of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. Most importantly, we know that both the resurrection and the creation are true because God is the most reliable eyewitness of all. He never lies. He knows everything. He tells us in his word that these things happened. The fact that the Bible's history is true should challenge people to seriously consider the Bible's message of salvation that is based in this history, the history of the seven seas. Now, again, not the oceans, but the seven seas. People are challenged concerning where they stand in relation to Jesus Christ and where they will spend eternity. You know, a good question to ask someone that is... Uh, wondering where they're going to spend eternity, ask them point blank. If you were to die right now, right this second, do you know where you would spend eternity? If they can't answer you with an emphatic, yes, absolutely, I'm going home to be with my Savior, then we need to have a talk with them as Christians. We need to share with them. (laughs) You know, not to be gruesome or anything. We, We hear all the time how short life is. But on a tombstone, you have the date where the life began. You have the little dash in the middle, and then you have the date where the life ended. That little dash, which is an inch and three-quarter inches long, is your life here on earth. Yeah, life is short. 
but are you preparing to live in eternity? Our finite minds cannot understand something that's infinite. Infinity. Our prayer, our first parent, Adam, didn't lead the perfection. He didn't lead the perfect life that he should have. He disobeyed his creator's command not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil because God's judgment on this one act of rebellion, the entire creation, that's you and I, was originally perfect. Can you imagine Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, and God saw that the thing that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. It became the subject to death and corruption because of Adam's sin and because we sin personally, we all die. Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 19. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned, verse 13, uh, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law, verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Verse 15 in Romans chapter 5. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For it through the offense of one, many be dead. Much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man. Jesus Christ hath abandoned unto many, verse sixteen, and not as it has, not as it was by that that sin, so is the gift. For the judgment was to one condemnation, but to but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification, verse seventeen. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they received abundance. Of grace, the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense one judgment came upon all men to condemn to condemnation, even so by the righteous of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so the obedience of one shall be made many. Righteous. Oh, we're so thankful. We should be so thankful for the things that we see that God has given to us, that God has done for us, even though man is the reason that the cross is there. The sixth C, the seventh C is consummation. Consummation. Now, we think of consummation like consummation of a marriage, but the dictionary definition that I found was the ultimate end. And you see, that's what we're looking at in this seventh C, consummation. Don't be ignorant of this. The one thing that with the Lord, one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8. And he says, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Oh, you know, we want to live a million years. That's uh, uh, just a few days with the Lord. 
to be with him in glory. I, it makes me, it, it gets me excited to think about stepping into that realm of glory where there's no heartache, there's no hurt, there's no displeasure, there's no sin, there's no sickness, there's no sorrow, there's no pain, there's no tears. There, it, it just makes me hungry. It makes me thirsty to see more of God here on the face of this earth. Indeed, open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain. Let it rain. Oh, God, pour your spirit out. The consummation, the ultimate end is coming a lot sooner than we think, and we need to be prepared for that. Uh, I think it was awesome that we saw that you celebrated someone's 90th birthday this today. Yes. And to me, that's awesome. That's an awesome achievement. And think of how much more wonderful infinity is going to be with our Lord and Savior. <laughs> Some people use the, the verse that I read in Second Peter 3, 8 to claim that each of the days mentioned in Genesis chapter 1 could, be, could have been a thousand years long rather than one normal day. Now, in the creation, it was one day. The verse says that one day is as alike a thousand years. It's a figure of speech called a simile. And it teaches that God is outside of time because the creator is the time. It's mm -hmm. not defining a day. It's not a defining day because it doesn't say a day is a thousand years. In fact, the figure of speech is so effective here precisely because the word day is literally a contrast and so vividly with a literal thousand years. It is always important to read scripture passages in context. Don't take them out of context. This meaning, pay special attention to the verses surrounding the passage that, that you're studying. Uh, Peter says in 2 Peter 3, 8, that although it may seem like a long time to us until the Lord keeps his promises and comes again, it's not very long at all to the Lord. He says in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. So these are the seven seas that God put in my heart to, to share with you tonight. There is so much to understand and to learn and to study on these seven seas. If you go from creation to consummation, and you look at all of the ones in between, the corruption, the... the uh, battles that were faced even then <clears throat> and what can happen today as we as you study these and you mull, mull them over i tell you what seven seas is something i never dreamed of before until we went to the creation museum but this, mm -hmm. this corruption that has been caused by it it changed the world so <laughs> much that what we see today is only a reflection of what that world was you stop and you think about that. What we're seeing today, folks, is a mere reflection of what was back then. Yeah. We stated before sin, Adam's sin led to the catastrophe of Noah's day, the confusion at Babel and the death of Christ on the cross. All of that was caused by one man's sin. But by one man, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, all of that is 
taken away from us. The burden of those are taken away from us. The burden of having to find a way to reach our glorious creator has been taken away from us because he makes it so simple. A child can understand it. You see, death has been around us almost as long as humans have. Sometimes it might seem as as it's always been a part of God's creation. Romans 8 tells us the whole creation is suffering because of Adam's sin. It might might appear that there's no end to the suffering brought about by this act of disobedience. Of course, no one can say that we have not disobeyed God in our own lives. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 1 John chapter 1, verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So all of us, in a sense, share the blame for what we see around us. Oh, isn't it time that we start taking uh, reaction, taking uh, responsibility for what what part we're causing in this destruction? How can we reach more and more people than what we're doing? Multimedia is fantastic, but what I see there is, it's keeping people out of church. They figure, well, I can stay home and listen to it, or I can watch it on live streaming. And they're mm-hmm. forsaking the command for us to, which says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. A lot of people don't realize that that is a command. But I'll tell you what, yeah. the seven seas, there is something there mm-hmm. when you start thinking about these things. You think about, mm-hmm. you think about the creation. You think about mm-hmm. the corruption you think about the uh, catastrophe you start thinking about these things it can get pretty deep and this is something that could go on for several weeks as a study and you still wouldn't cover half of what you wanted to cover in it i am just so thankful that we live in a time that we can take our time and study like we would want to study like god would want us to study in james he says to study to show yourself approved a workman not ashamed right in reviving us under the truth, meaning the truth and what God says and the untruth of what God does not say. So think about these seven seas. I hope you're blessed by them. I hope you have gained something from them. I thank you very much for this time, uh, Bishop Butterfield. It's so wonderful that uh, I have this opportunity to share again. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, Pastor we we give God the glory for this word, and we thank God for uh, giving you this word to share with us on tonight. And I can tell that it's going to bless you, and it's going to bless us along this journey. And those of you that are are listening in, and maybe you, uh, some will be listening at this word at a later date, we want you to know that you need to get this word. And he was talking about the creation, and we have found ourselves in this creation. We are here. We've been born, um, and we want to be born again. We want to make sure that others are born again as well, and then the corruption that is in the world. It is going to continue to be corruption uh, in the world, but we don't have to be uh, the cause of corruption. We can uh, lean to, to the Lord and get a revelation of his word as to what he's saying to us, and and we don't have to be in confusion all the time. We can uh, stand the test of time and do, commit ourselves to the Lord and do what the Lord wants us to do. And 
Thank God for Christ that came and bled and died on the cross. He was born, he lived, he died, and he was resurrected. And the Bible lets us know he's coming back to receive us unto himself. And when we think about the cross, we think about the cross, Jesus he paid the price. He done paid the price. So we also have a cross to bear. And that cross, uh, why must, why Jesus, he had a cross alone, not the word go free. We have to, Jesus done paid the price. We just have to walk in the word. Amen? Hallelujah. And so God was trying to bring us to uh, confirmation right here on the earth so we can, he can, we can know that there is a better side. On the other side, it is better. Amen? Amen. So we just give God the glory for this word, Pastor Fair. Thank you so much. And thank you. Thank you as well tonight. Amen? Amen. 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 So we put for you. Thank you so much, Pastor Fair. So if you um, would just close us out. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for who you are that we could take the time each and every day to worship you. Father, just to open our hearts, to humble ourselves, to worship you, to study more of these seven seas that we looked at tonight, Father God, to realize that we are a part of this uh, great creation that you have made. What an honor and what a privilege it is that you would continue to move in our lives, move in our hearts, Father God, as you see fit, as you move on us. Father, we just thank you that uh, you trust us with your word to share as you would have us to share, Father. We give you praise and honor and glory for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks again for this word. Amen. Amen. We bless you for it. Amen. So we want you to tell your neighbors, tell your friends that every Saturday night at 8 p.m. to 917-388. Four one six one for the turn of the light broadcast with Bishop Stephen and Ann Butter.